Welcome in everyone to the Oslo Diamond League recap edition of the Flowtrack Podcast. I am Kevin Sully, joined by Gordon Mack. Got an exciting event there to close things out just a moment before we press record on this pod. Gordon, Jakob Ingebrigtsen gets the win and got a whole bunch of letters by this victory. I'm looking at it right now. World lead, national record, Diamond League record, and PB 346.46. They were mentioning the European record on the broadcast, in part because Steve Cram was commentating the race. So that became a big story there. He just missed that. It was 346.32. But Jakob delivered here. Yeah. And it was just like the type of racing that fans of distance running love. You, There was no waiting. There was no, like, I got the best kick in the field. It was from the gun. They went out hot, and they stuck to that hot pace as long as possible, and the competition did it too. It wasn't just like Jakob doing his own thing. You know, Jake Whiteman, Oliver Hoare, both went with Jakob as long as they possibly could, and mm-hmm. we were just seeing the true best that they had on that day. There was nothing that was left on the table, which is what you like. You saw 346. You saw 347, 350 yeah. from Whiteman, who fell off at the end. Um, but I was just impressed that everyone – approach this race the Jakob way and it was going from the gun and let's just see how fit we truly are from mm. all with all 1609 meters yeah if someone didn't know anything about track or mid-distance running and they watched this race i think they'd be pretty excited about it because you wouldn't need to explain anything to them you wouldn't need to say okay why is the seventh guy the seventh best guy actually getting second in this race it just narrowed itself down immediately then it was down to three then it was down to two and then it was down to one. I mean, it was pretty pretty straightforward in its simplicity. And I think that's what made it captivating. I guess you could throw the time in there as well, too, because that was a fun thing to keep an eye on throughout the race. But yeah, credit to, to Hoare, who he sets the Aussie record, I guess area record, too. So it's an Oceania record for Hoare in second. And then Whiteman, for, he was game for a while there. And even when he looked like he was going to fall off, he didn't fall completely. By the wayside, still got a got a PB in, in 350. But this thing was all about Inga Britson and you know him running at home too. I think added a little bit of a little bit of juice to this race as well. And this race strategy works for him, and it worked for him at pre. It's working for him yeah. here. How crazy? I mean, like not crazy. I don't know what the word I'm trying to say is, but like if Jakob for some reason does not do mm-hmm. this race strategy at the world championships, something's up because right. you know, this works. It's 90% success rate. Mm-hmm. If he goes out at world championships and takes the first lap out in 58, 59, we're going to be like, what yeah. are we doing here? So yeah. Jakob basically has no excuses for not winning the title because he knows if you do this plan on yeah. are in yeah. your favor, people will be with you for the first 1200 meters. But he's the only one right mm-hmm. now who's showing he can extend that pace all the way through four laps complete. Obviously, there's some other great runners out there, Cherry, uh, Kip Sang, and some few others. But yeah, right now, Jakob, if you do this, you will win. Question is, sometimes the lights shine, and all of a sudden you overthink it, and then you're not doing it. And you're like, oh, I got to be yeah. careful. But he should know this is the race plan for success. There's no B idea, C idea, D idea. You do the race plan, letter A. Run from the gun, and no one can go with you. Yeah, 
it's the office 5k race plan start out fast fast in the middle fast at the end was that jim who said that it was jim oh, that was pam it was pam to jim pam okay okay so it's the it's the pam beasley plan is what jacob's on here's the thing i think about it though a lot of other guys use that same plan currently you talk about chariot he's a guy who can go from the gun horse a guy who can go from the gun but if all of them do that i'm in agreement with you Britson wins because he's better at it than they are right now. So in yeah. order to beat him, the rest of the field needs to do something that gets Jakob out of this comfort zone that he's in, which is a very uncomfortable zone to be in for Britson because he's just going hard. So they need, they need, and they're not going to collaborate to do this, but the race needs to unfold in a way that mucks it up just a little bit. I mean, I'm looking at his last, you know, when he lost to Tefera, he was still going hard and leading from the gun, but Tefera was able just to, to latch on and then kick past him. Like they need to do something um, to mix it up, to throw a different look at him, not let him dictate and, and control the race. Cause I think he's a different runner than he was indoors. And if that similar thing happens, he'll win. And it's a weird thing to say, Hey, don't let him lead. Cause ordinarily you'd be like, Hey, be my guest middle distance race no yeah. one wants to lead if you're volunteering to lead everyone's going to be like hey pat go for it but i almost think it's a weird situation this year where he's really comfortable leading in these races and i don't think that's that's not a sign of of oh uh oh he went too soon with him because he just keeps you saw it again today he ran from the front in the hard part of the race yeah that that's that's yeah that's very true the strategy to beat him is going to don't let him lead Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe if there's a group of three from one country, they can recognize that. And, you know, they can try to surround him, box him in, be like, hey, let's let our guy control the race, not him. Not him. You know, like the three yeah. Kenyans can be like, all right, Timothy, you, you, we're going to make sure you're in the front so you can control it and not let Jakob. But I'm excited. Men's 1500 is looking Great. good on the U.S. side. Not so much. But internationally, it's looking good and I'm excited. Yeah. Well, there'll be at least one or two guys in there for the U.S. that can make it exciting. But, you know, they don't need to – if they, they want to join the party, they can join the party. If not, we got a great – we got a great race featuring a bunch of people from a variety of different countries. So there's a lot to be excited about. Let's go to the men's high hurdles. Devin Allen. He hit the over in our over-under bet, Gordon. So I win that one. Uh, I bet hard on the weather. I said it, and the weather helped me out here. 13-22 into a minus 1.2. My own take my only takeaway from this is basically that Allen ran like a guy who's a metal favorite. He got the win and he got the win relatively comfortably. The time I don't think matters a whole bunch. Traveled halfway across the world and had to deal with not great weather. But he looked, he was in control the entire time. And there were some decent runners in this field, some finalist type runners, and, and he handled them all. Yeah, we said that, you know, Devin Allen was one race away from being the gold medal favorite. Yeah. He's still a race away. He, he was a race yes. away from being a race away still because 1322 is great and it shows that he is going to medal at Worlds. But like, in order to beat Grant Holloway, you're going to need to show that you're running 12 nines all the time. So, again, Allen still has a chance to become the gold medal favorite. 
if he's is he doing Diamond League in Paris on Saturday? Yeah, yeah, he's on the schedule. He yeah. is. So that's an opportunity for him to run a twelve nine where we're gonna be like, all right, you're a new guy, or at USA's head to head with that uh, with Grant again to uh, establish establish himself as the true gold medal favorite. But right now, right. he's in the medal favorite category, not gold. Yeah, and the, and that was my distinction too. And he and he ran like it. Yeah, yeah. McLeod scratches. I think McLeod runs. Allen still beats him. He hit. I think he hit six and seven today, both hurdles, and a look to throw off his characteristic strong finish. Right, that's the best part of Devin Allen's race is those last couple hurdles, and even from the last hurdle to the finish line, he's usually really strong in that part of the race. But yeah, you're right. I wouldn't say all right. <laughs> It was this race. We need to see this race. And now he's going to beat Grant Holloway for sure. We're still a race away from that. If we get another type of race like this or something that's just inconclusive in Paris, I think we'd enter USA's with Allen being a slight underdog still to Grant Holloway, assuming Holloway runs all three rounds. That's where I'm at with it. This meet didn't really have great sprinting. I mean, the weather was obviously not great. It was downpouring basically when the men's 100 was going on. Women's 200 obviously had a bad field. I mean, if you look at just sprints in general, the 400 wasn't that good. We'll get to Femke Bull later on in the pod. But just in general, it was not a, a sprint showcase out there. In fact, the no. feed went out right before the men's 100. Did you get this signal loss detected sign when the yeah. feed went out during the men's 100? I did, and it was the worst possible timing. Right? Track meets, there's a lot of downtime in track meets, even pro track meets. And you're thinking, all right, or even, listen, I love the 5,000, but if it happened on the second and third laps of the five, the one time you don't want it happening is during the final introductions of the 100 or the 200. Yeah, so it wiped out the 100 and the 200. We missed a a 10-0 from the grass, which is an improvement for in terms of just getting a win. This year, but I don't think it was. Uh, I don't think we'll be talking about that race much more than past today. I don't think. My conspiracy is they pulled the feed on purpose because they knew they didn't have good weather and they weren't going to have a good result, especially in that women's yeah. two hundred. So this is a way to like hide the fact that it wasn't going to be that great of a diamond league level quality sprint affair in the men's hundred and two hundred. Even though Degrasse yeah. being the Olympic champ. Uh, but yeah, I thought yeah. it was I thought it was kind of ironic. I took a big, I was criticizing the women's two hundred, and then they didn't even let me watch it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, DeGrasse he beats Prescott, who just ran nine nine, beats Simbine Azamadi, who's running in, in that West Texas A and M jersey. I thought that was cool, but but he's been fast this year, so he got a win over some some solid people. And seeing as how the the weather wasn't good, at, and compared to what he's done previously, I think it's a good good result. For him, just he, we we want to see him against that top tier. Where do you put Degrasse now? Where is he on your big board, either in the hundred or two hundred? Uh, let me see. Let me go to my. Let me go to the rankings is, that I haven't updated. I know we need to believe in Degrasse because he shows up. He's the def, he's an Olympic champion. Um, it's just it's 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 getting hard for me to like consider Degrasse as one of the guys like so, the Currys. Okay. The Jacobs, so let me tell you this, Vermels. I, I, I moved him. He was out of my top 10 in the 100, but I had Azamati 8, Prescott 9, and Noah Lyles 10. So, and I had Makai Williams 6, too. And maybe Fanbele should be in there. But I, I think he's in the 
he's in the top 10 again, maybe eighth. Uh, 200, I had him fourth still just because that race is really hard to figure out. Um, Fanbillet is going to move way up on there because I only had him 10th. He was behind a, some several NCAA runners. Michael Norman's on there as well. So I would probably still keep him in the – he'd be in the 4, 5, 6 range in that and then maybe the 7, 8, 9 range in the 100. But he's trending over up under, Over under 0. 0.5 individual medals for DeGrasse. Oh. Eugene. Over. Come on. Over. You think he's going to medal? This is what he does. This is what he does. Yes. I think he's going to medal. You think – I'll take you on that bet. That could be a fun little side bet. I'm willing to bet DeGrasse sure. does not medal in the 1 or the 2. Send me – is this – do I get a trip to Canada for this one too? Because you're already sending me to Jamaica with Oblique Seville. Actually, this is going to be tough because Oblique Seville gets gold in the 100. That's only going to leave two more medals available. Yeah. But I guess DeGrasse could do, DeGrasse could do it in the, in the 200. Yeah, he'll find a way. All right. He'll find I'm willing to put a up, way to I'm willing it. to put up a, a plane ticket to Canada for you. I'm, I get to choose the city. I'm going to send you yeah. to the randomest Canadian city out there. <laughs> if, you, if you said – Explain, Kevin. How is he going to do it? What place is he? How? Who's he going to beat of, of that group? I'd be like, I don't know. All I know is just he's going to be on the medal stand there, and we're going to be like, oh, why were we talking about him being in trouble in May and June? Um. All right, Hodgkinson, women's eight, one fifty-seven, seven. Been there before, controlled it. I thought it was interesting on the broadcast. Did you hear this? They said they were making a point of her going out faster because they said she had never gone out under fifty-eight before. And they wanted her to, her coaches wanted her to practice going out quick, which obviously you know why. If you're trying to be a thing mo, you got to be ready for basically everything. But negative split that race at the Olympics. And so today she went out 57 and then came back in about a 60. I just thought that was an interesting wrinkle in terms of strategic preparation for Hodgkinson trying to get an edge that will take her from silver to gold. Yeah, I mean, 157 is basically what we're now expecting from her. Um, so this was kind of like, yeah, you're the second best 800-meter runner in the world still. No, that's not changing. Mm -hmm. No one is challenging you for the lock in the silver medal position. But it's going to take something incredible from her in order to pass a thing. Because a thing just has that pure speed. She can run 49 seconds in a 400. It's going to be hard to beat yeah. that. So, But good performance for her. Muir. Kind of coming into form, running a good 800, dropping down in distance from the 1500. Um, yeah. Women's 1500 is kind of hard to figure out right now, I feel. Well, I can figure out Faith Kipigon winning. And then yeah. after that, I like, can't. After that. Yeah, because we haven't seen Sifanis on. Muir, up until this past few days, has looked vulnerable. She ran a 157 two days ago in a mixed gender 800 in. The UK. So she ran 57 and 58 on separated by a day with only a day's rest. So I think it's, I think she's rounding into form, but the rest of 15, yeah, you got to look at how strong Ethiopia has been. And then you got to put Faith Kipiegan on there. Maybe somebody from the US will factor in, but it was a lot easier to pick the medals when Safan Hassan was doing her thing. Very true. Very true. Uh, okay. What's next? Women's What's 5K next? Next? and men's 5K? What do you think of the 5K? Start the women? All right. So start with the women. Sayam has been on fire this year. Sagai is great. Um, before this year, Sagai was a 
more credentialed than Sayom, but Sam's just running so well. But so you have Sayom, Sagai, Gade, one, two, three. They've been awesome in like that Ethiopian. I mean, it's, they're like so deep, deeper than normal. Everybody's like, oh yeah, Kenyan Ethiopia are great. But it's like this is they're going beyond what they normally do. Remember indoors, all the impressive times they put up, getting racking up all those medals, you know, across the fifteen and the three thousand. They're continuing that into the outdoor season. Um, so, th- so that was noteworthy uh, with Sayum obviously being a headliner there. But Monson, Alicia Monson, this is the benefit, by the way, of already being on the team. Alicia Monson can travel all the way to Norway. She's already made the 10,000-meter team and run in a very competitive Diamond League race, run a 14 14- 31 PR by 11 seconds and become the third fastest American woman in history. You think Monson will make the 5k team as well now? (laughs) If she wants to run it. Yes. She's declared. She declared. Yeah. I'm looking at the entries. I would say this qualifies as a confidence booster. You go and you run in this race where you have multiple sub 1430 women, and then you go jump back into a, U.S. championship race, things are going to be a bit more navigable for you. Things are going to be a little bit more um, possible. So, and, and you can say the same thing about Klecker in the men's race. Now, that race wasn't as fast, relatively speaking, because what was the winner? 13.03 with Telehoon, Haile Bekele going ahead of Tefera and um, was it Wale? Wale, Wale was third yeah. on that one. Yeah, Wally. but Cle- but Klecker acquits himself nicely. Doesn't get a PB, but runs thirteen oh four. Same thing. He made the ten k team. He's got a little bit of luxury, and then you go into a US race, probably with all time high confidence. Yeah, I mean, I texted you after that this race real time. I was like, my line was like, I'm somewhat impressed by Joe Klecker in that race because he was able to go with the the move up until 150 to go or so and yeah yeah you put this you know going up against really good ethiopians you tie that also to out kicking grant fisher you know joe klecker is putting together a really good strong season that you know i wouldn't be surprised if he you know shocks the world not shocks the world it's a the world isn't gonna there's a lot billions of people in the world um but like if he goes out and wins the men's 5k That'll be very impressive, and I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, yeah, that definitely would not shock the world. You'd have to do a lot more to shock the world now. (laughs) Exactly. That's why I took back the statement. I took back the statement, but it would shock the U.S. distance running community if Klecker were to beat Grant Fisher again, to beat a race that has Cooper Tier in it, to beat uh, Paul Chalima. Like that would be extremely impressive to beat multiple of those guys of those caliber. Once you win the 10, I don't think anybody can be surprised when you come back and win a five. I just. That's true. But to do it I twice think, against, I mean, Grant's good. So like. Yeah. Yeah. It would make sense for Grant to have like, all right, you got me. I got you kind of back. Like Lopez and Paul Chalimo kind of had that, you know, they were beating each other mm-hmm. back and forth. So anyway. All right. Four hurdles. Allison Dos Santos now has run 47-23, 47-24. And a 47-27 this season. He's been the model of consistency. We wanted to see him race Warholm. 
obviously in this race. Warholm wasn't there. So it was all Dos Santos. For having the three fastest guys of all time over the past couple of years, and I know Dos Santos was added to that late, but then you could also throw in Samba being you know one of the all-time top five guys. We've had a lot of blowout races in the men's 400 hurdles. I feel like they always take turns. Oh, this is Warholm in this race. And then Samba and Benjamin aren't there. Or, oh, this is Benjamin in this race. And Dos Santos and Warholm aren't there. Oh, this is Dos Santos in this race. Oh, and there's no Carson Warholm and there's no Rye Benjamin. They can do it on their own, though. They don't need help to run fast. They obviously need help to run even faster if they're going to do it. But Dos Santos just taking care of business. And I'm very curious to see what sort of form Rye Benjamin's in next week at USA's. Yeah, agreed. And then on the women's side, Femke Bowl, casual 52. I mean, obviously it's no 51-6 that Sydney's out there throwing down, but Femke is slowly creeping up. I don't think there's really a chance that she would upset Sydney at Worlds, but Femke has definitely established herself as a true number two in the world. I mean, Dalil Muhammad hasn't really been running out of mm-hmm. her mind. Britton Wilson is a little young and kind of still new to the this level of competition. But Bold, yeah. she keeps on improving throughout the season. And if this trajectory goes well, there should be a situation where she could potentially break 52 seconds at Worlds. And if you can break 52 seconds at Worlds, you can challenge Sydney. Challenge is a interesting word there. Challenge is like you're still in it with, with lose, two hurdles. Lose by half second? Yeah. Who's my house? Bull was best time of the year. Great race for her. Same situation on the men's side, no competition, but still, it's a second back of what McLaughlin did when the hurdles were screwed up. Yeah, I know. It, it just puts it in because you're, whoa, 52. That's nuts. And then you have to reorient, reorient yourself to say, oh, yeah, City did 51, 61. But silver, I think, is doable this year. That's possible. I don't think silver's doable. I think it's silver should be expected now. She's the favorite for silver now? I think she's the favorite for I just, silver. But Muhammad's one of those people who, during championship time, always gets it in the right spot and may and not she has win. Dubai. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, Bowl has the narrowest range, I think, of any athlete. Well, there's some athletes who I think are number going to be one. But Bowl's absolute peak, I think, this year is two, and her absolute floor is three. That's yeah. how I feel about Femke Bowl's medal chances. There's not much variation there. Not much variety. Anything else notable from the meet? I saw uh, Mondo Duplantis. The weather, it, I mean, pole vaulting in rain is the literally weather. the worst thing you can do. Um, but, yeah. And it shows that like he wasn't able to get over 592, took three attempts, but then he was easily able to get over 602, like one yeah. attempt later. Um, yeah. He's just the only thing that really can stop Mondo is Mother Nature. I don't think anyone else in the world can stop him. So mm-hmm. if uh, we get crazy weird conditions in Eugene, I don't think it'll happen. That could be a situation where Mondo could potentially get upset. And then on the um, women's shot put side, Chase Ely, mm-hmm. number four all time in U.S. history, over 20 meters, 2013. Did it on her final throw. Mm hmm. Women's shot put, obviously, you know, 
we've had some greats that are kind of moving on from establishing establishing themselves. Even like Raven Saunders, who was really good last year, she hasn't been really been the same in 2022. Maybe she'll put together what matters most at USA's and at Worlds. But Jay Seeley looking to be in contention for a U.S. medal um, at Worlds, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, moving up that historical list as well, too. Men's quarter, Karani looked pretty comfortable, 44-7, but with the weather the way it is, it's just like, what are you going to – what are you going to say about that? What are you going to really? do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I mean, that was the total – well, when the weather's crap, I feel like it really impacts the quarter because sometimes yeah. the weather can be crap, but, but the wind is in your favor for the sprints. And then on the distance side of things – all right, it might be a little windy, but you're getting a cooler temperature. Maybe you can take yeah. advantage of that. When it's these sort of weather conditions for the for the 400, I feel like it just it's really tough to to get any sort of momentum. Women's disc was interesting. I, Valerie Allman was like super pumped on that last throw. I think she thought she won. She threw her best throw of the series, 65-91, but Perkovic had a 66-82. I thought that was a, a fun moment. Men's long jump was pretty close towards the end there. Montler almost got got Tentaglu in the last jump. Um, I will always yeah, love gen- Tentaglu because he won me like two hundred and fifty dollars. So <laughs> thank you. I think in general, fields aren't as deep. You got national championships coming up, so that's gonna make it harder to stack these fields. I think Paris similar situation. Although I don't even know if we have those start lists yet for for Paris. We could talk more about that on, on Friday's show, obviously, but. Yeah, it's just, it's tough. It's tough to have a meet that's supposed to attract the best people in the world while also, actually, are those start lists up, Colt? Scroll down to women's 800 if you can. Let's see how good Colt's French is. 100, yep, last event. Nope, that's not the women's 100. Colt, come on, the numbers are at least the same. Oh, we got Shelly Shelly Ann is in the women's 100. Okay, yeah. We have... uh... The weekend Jamaican champs, I mean, Yeah, no one notable in the... Yeah, we'll go through it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, we'll go through it tomorrow. I just was, yeah. All right, that's it. Oslo Diamond League. Real quick, we got two minutes. Questions in the chat, if anybody's got them. Um, throw them in there right now. But yeah, we'll preview Paris tomorrow. And then, man, we'll be off to uh, the national championships. Yeah. USA's and Jamaica happening. same time and Jamaica yeah again I'm gonna say body with the airport and surprise actually Colt's coming with me oh you bring Colt no oh man uh, he set up an entire podcasting studio in Kingston he's Kingston. getting all his equipment oh, shipped down there yeah Cole, have you been to Jamaica no but it sounds fun I'd definitely go okay right. we should do a live pod from Usain Bolt's bar that'll be fun that's an idea what's it called What's his, what's his uh, I forget. Called? I went there in like 2014 or 15. He's like a, there's like a statue of him doing this. All good. Classic. Classic. You got to do that. Exactly. If you're going to have a bar named after yourself, uh, put a statue of yourself in it. That's, uh, someone says Sydney running 5161 still confusing. I don't think she ran that fast. Maybe it's because of the camera angle. Yeah, I'll admit I don't go down the conspiratorial side, but I did the Gordon Mac. I'm going to get a watch on this myself. And it was. It was pretty close. Um, someone says Shelly will win women's 100, Sharika women's 200, Jacob then 100, DeGrasse 200. I need to see Marcel Jacobs again. 
if we go into worlds like this, I mean, I'll probably get, I could, I'll, it'll probably be a mistake on my part, but would you pick Jacobs right now? in The men's hundred no. running to over 10? No. No. no, no. Kevin, I will say this. I have a, a meeting with the roll. CEO of our company in about 90 seconds. So I'm going to hang up on this pod. Guys, I found the bar. Everyone in the, com- everyone in okay. the comments, wish me luck. Oh. Hopefully I don't get fired. We'll find out. If I'm on the show tomorrow, that means I wasn't fired. Stop, stop, stop. If I'm not, that means I wasn't still. We'll find joking. out. joking. Tune in, 9 a.m. tomorrow. If I'm there, that's good. If I'm not, sorry, not. Colt found the bar. Tracks and records. I got to go. There. Got that trip advisor. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks, Colt, for producing. Thanks to Gordon. We will talk to you guys uh, Friday, tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Central Time, live here on YouTube. We'll talk to you then.